Hey, hey, hi everybody. This is Certified Life and Executive Business Coach, Dr. Nelson Beltajar, coming to you live from Toronto, Canada. And for those of you listening, I'm asking you to please buckle your seatbelts and get ready because Aubrey is about to take you on the road to rediscovery with another great episode. Grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite room, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, take it to the next level and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Just want to send you a quick reminder that you can hear this show anywhere you get your podcasts. We invite you to rate and review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, shoot us an email and give us your thoughts at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. That's road to rediscovery podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. You might even get a future uh, episode shout out. So just a little incentive there. <laughs> All right. My special guest is an entrepreneur in the well-being space, co-founder and chief strategy officer of Psychable, a, an online community connecting people interested in the healing power of psychedelics and the co-founder of Happy, that's H-A-P-P-Y-Y, a mental wellness company that specializes in psychedelic assisted ketamine therapy. His book, Psychedelics for Everyone, talks about the powerful natural medicines to help with anxiety, depression, PTSD, addiction, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Matt Zeman to the show. Matt, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Aubrey, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, man. We're happy to have you. So, Matt, I understand you have a master of science in psychology and neuroscience of mental health, but can you share a bit with the listeners um, just a glimpse into your journey where um, you were introduced to psychedelics as maybe a potential means for addressing mental health? Yeah, so I, I, I kind of fell into this accidentally, Aubrey. Um, in 2019, I had some friends approach me and say they hired a guide and was going to do this guided psychedelic journey. And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, you totally should do this. You like learning, you like uh, travel. This is like traveling in your mind. Try this. It's like, oh, I'm not a, I wasn't a drug user. Um, right. <clears throat> wasn't even a really a big drinker, but they, they did persuade me. They said, you, you might, you, this might be good for you. And uh, so I went in with low expectations mm -hmm. and really had an incredibly profound, incredible experience. Uh, reconnected mm. with my mom who had died when she was 49 and I was 22. Wow. Um, had incredible insight after insight into my fear of dying, my f lack of feeling of true love and, um, and knew that, Oh my gosh, I need to learn more about this. And, uh, and I, that drove me, drove me back to school and then also into a deep dive into consciousness with a number of different compounds. I see. Amazing. Amazing. So, um, like you said, you know, you, you weren't a drug user, not a big drinker or anything. And, um, 
I want to ask you an obvious question, obviously, Um, uh, but for the sake of level setting with the listeners, right? Um, If can you can you tell us, is there a stigma with psychedelics? Uh, there, abs- there absolutely is a stigma. I mean, there, mm-hmm. were anyone born from 1971 until today, mm-hmm. we've lived our entire lives in a prohibition that we didn't, well, nobody told us we were in a prohibition. What we were mm-hmm. told is just say no, and that drugs are bad, and they're going to fry your brain, and there's no medicinal medicinal use, and you're going to get addicted, mm-hmm. um, and that only criminals do drugs. Mm-hmm. Just message after message from our government, from our media, from our teachers, from our parents that... Mm-hmm. This is awful. And that's not what the science says. So I, I do find that a lot of times when people say, well, what do you do or what are you thinking about? I mean, I start talking about psychedelics. They're like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? That's weird against <laughs> nothing good comes of that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> like, well, actually, the research says a lot of good comes of this. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what we're talking about. Nice. Nice. So I'm sure you've heard the term Eastern medicine and Western medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd love to know um, where does psychedelics fall in that area? Well, you stumbled across one of the good controversies in the psychedelic space. <clears throat> so there are there are people who believe in the medicalization of psychedelics, meaning, <clears throat> okay, someone has depression, they have anxiety, they have OCD, they have an eating disorder, they have a substance use challenge. Mm-hmm. If they have a disorder they're allowed to take a psychedelic. And, and I'm just using that as an example. It's, it would yeah. be medicalization and people can accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many doctors and scientists who believe that it's a biochemical reaction. You take a psychedelic, it does something in your body and in your brain, and you can be potentially cured. Mm-hmm. I, th- yeah. I take a different approach. I believe okay. it's a biopsychosocial spiritual reaction. And it's all of that working together that the, the medicine itself, the psychedelic is not the cure, it's a catalyst. And by, um, by doing these wonderful things in your brains and, and having these neurons fire together and having what's called your default mode network quiet down, right. you can remember how you used to think. You can remember how you used to feel complete love. And mm-hmm. with those two remembrances, you can make changes in your life towards a, towards a better future with whatever that is for you. Um, and then as importantly for many patients, um, using the Johns Hopkins study, many patients say that this is an incredibly spiritual that's connected you somehow to a higher power. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely right. That that connection that makes it, you feel, okay, I'm not alone. This isn't just a, a few years on earth and then it's, then I'm uh, warm food. There's something else out there, and that can look like a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Right. But having that connection in our culture where that connection really doesn't exist for a lot of people is super powerful. And uh, so mm-hmm. I think so I think psychedelics are really straddling all of this. You might approach it from a Western perspective, and mm-hmm. you may end up getting, um, I guess in this case, the, the Eastern perspective from it. Gotcha. I see. Um it almost sounds as if, you know, there's there's certain things we as humans maybe um, subconsciously um, grasping real tight on mm-hmm. into the physical realm that, you know, this helps kind of relax and release that in order to encounter parts of the spiritual realm. Would, would, it, would that be something maybe associated? 
Absolutely. Let me just change your language a little bit, but I think okay. we're aligned here. I think what you're okay. saying is that we, as humans, we often identify and create stories around things that we think are important. We need mm -hmm. to make X amount of money to be happy. We need to live in X house. We need our kids mm -hmm. go to these colleges. We need to drive this car. Mm -hmm. We need to have this dog. We need to go to this swim club. Um, all of these are stories that we tell ourselves to um, that happiness is just over there. Happiness is over there. Happiness is over there. Right. I what see. I believe the psychedelic does is it flips it around and says, no, remember, happiness is right inside of you. Mm. You are enough right now. You are loved right now. You don't have to do a thing. Mm. And you are enough. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to continue to work on yourself and work on things and generate resources and all that. Yeah. But it's, it's me. It's, it's remembering that happiness is inside. It's an internal goal, not an external goal. And mm. when that happens, things start to unravel. Okay. Maybe mm. I don't need to save as much as this, or maybe I don't need this next thing I was going to buy. And maybe I do need more time in my community. Maybe I do need to go give back more. Maybe I do need to do more service because that that fills my soul. Um, does that make sense? So it's it's, it's yes, releasing it those things, those those stories, those, those uh, the 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 programming we've had to date, just letting that go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I really appreciate that, Matt, because to me it seems that as a byproduct, you gain a fresh or refreshed perspective on what really matters and, and, and what is important. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it could have been something that had you not gone this route, uh, you would have never discovered, or, you know, no one would have ever discovered about themselves. And this is along the lines of what I wanted to ask you next, Matt, is um, if you can give us a glimpse into ketamine therapy and, 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 and how, how does ketamine therapy, and I know there's a lot of science behind this, but mm -hmm. how, how does ketamine therapy um, uh, address things like addiction, depression, I don't know, codependency and things like that? I really appreciate you asking that question because I, I think a lot of times I talk to people who don't who think all psychedelics are illegal. And it's like, well, wait a minute, no. Actually, in America, anybody can get a prescription for ketamine, which is the, right. the only legal psychedelic. Mm -hmm. Um, and for, again, for the listeners who aren't familiar, it's a, um, it's a much shorter, it's about a one hour journey when you do a ketamine, 40 minutes to an hour, you can go into a clinic and use an IV or an intermuscular injection, or you can do it at home with a, uh, a rapid dissolve sublingual tablet that goes under your tongue, gets mm -hmm. and absorbed that way. Mm -hmm. Um, what ketamine does similar to any other similar to the classic psychedelics is it's going to allow neurons to fire together that haven't fired in a long time. So we get, as we get older, we get into repetitive thought patterns. We, this is how we think we literally start thinking the same way over and over and over. Well, when you take that ketamine, it's going to open up a whole bunch of new neurons that haven't fired together for a while. It's going to increase, uh, it's going to start new neurons being created. So that's kind of cool. Your brain starts to, to grow again. Yeah. It's going to um, increase, it's called BDNF, um, and it's going to tone down the default mode network. So think about that inner narrator that talks to you. It's like, oh, you're not oh, good yeah. enough for this yeah, guy. Yeah. So it's going to make that quiet. Mm. And that's kind of wild because it's like, wait a minute, where did all those negative thoughts go? So that's in itself is a huge um, 
surprise to many people. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't realize I was feeding myself. I wouldn't allow my friend to talk to me like this. I'm allowing my no. mind to talk to me like this. Right. Um, and then it does this thing called a disassociative effect. So think of it as if you take a higher dose of ketamine, it's an anesthesia. So at this dose, you can move your body, just many people don't want to. It feels really heavy, and you almost feel separated from it. Mm. Your body's there, and you're here. Mm -hmm. Everything's quiet. Things are firing. And then, um, and then many people report some type of, of spiritual connection. They feel they were connected to a higher power. So you put mm -hmm. all of those things, and, and my belief is, great, you've got some biochemical things happening. You've got some spiritual things happening, and you're remembering a lot of things. And that, just that re, um, the remembrance process can lead you to say, okay, now, how do I want to integrate that into my life? Mm. Um, so mm. maybe I've been, I've had this issue that happened to me a long time ago, and I can see it now clearly without shame, blame, and guilt. And I can, mm -hmm. uh, okay, I can move past that. Mm. Or I don't need to tell myself this same story over and over and over again. I'm going to tell myself a new story and start making some some changes in my life. Um, so yeah, so ketamine is, is really powerful for that. People do it one more, just to, just getting some, some of the facts on the table here. Most um, times you're going to do about six treatments in three to six weeks, so pretty close together. And then depending on your doctor, you might not take any more. You might do it once every two weeks or a month or two months or just when certain events happen in your life. But it's not an everyday pill like an antidepressant. I see. I see. Matt, man, I really, really appreciate that insight. Um, and, and, and what I really appreciate in what you shared with the listeners here is not just, I had a feeling that we'd go into the conversation of, you know, some of the activity that takes place with the neurons and the neurotransmitters. And, and um, I learned something new. You even, even new neurons would be formed or could be formed. <laughs> you know, um, which is awesome. But mm -hmm. you, you, you took that to the next level and you talked about some outward uh, uh, visibility of changes, right? And that, I was going to ask you about those outward changes. What are those outward changes? You, um, you feel like moving, you're still able to move your arms and legs, but you know, they feel kind of heavy and you almost feel like you're outside your body and so forth. And so um, I, I appreciate you sharing the outward visible changes that may take, excuse me, take place um, uh, as well as, you know, the, the, the inside changes inside your brain with the neurons and neurotransmitters. Um, that's very, very eye opening. Um, I'm going to kind of sidestep from the well-being side for sure. a minute, if you don't mind. And, um, you know, I, I and want to ask you this question. I've heard from people um a lot of people that you know, I, I know, they talk about uh, other natural substances that um, has helped them with physical ailments like mm -hmm. arthritis, fibromyalgia, um, uh, rheumatoid, I guess, uh, and those sorts of things. So uh, like I said, I know we're slightly strained from the mental health side, but I wanted to know, um, is this something that psychedelics can address as well, or do people look... Uh, for psychedelics as a means for, for, for these physical things as well, or, or is that separate? It, it's absolutely as well. It's a little bit outside the area that I've spent 
my focus on, but okay. I, I can tell you like ketamine as an example, it is widely used for chronic pain. Mm -hmm. um, so people have, uh, particularly people have like cluster headaches or migraines. Um, mm -hmm. Ketamine has proven to be very effective in, in that space. Um, I've heard about, again, I, I just don't know a lot, but like I've, I've heard things about LSD and MS. Um, okay. But it, this is not my area, but I would encourage, okay. I, there's, there's over 300 academic institutions either with a psychedelic center or studying mm -hmm. psychedelics right now. Mm -hmm. um, so people who are interested in this, I would absolutely encourage you to Google whatever it is, the ailment that you have and psychedelics and see if there is a papers or a university studying this um, mm -hmm. and what they're coming up with. I mean, this it's both old and new science. And let me just clarify this for a moment. Before 1971, when the Controlled Substances Act was passed, there were thousands of papers on mm. the safety and effectiveness of psychedelics. A thousand papers on LSD alone for alcohol use. Wow. Um, then everything stopped and it got quiet. And now since kind of the late 90s, there's been a resurgence in people studying this because the, effective, the effects are just so high. Mm -hmm. So there very well could be older papers and newer mm -hmm. papers on whatever it is that's ailing you. And um, yeah, I'd encourage you to, to, to come to your own conclusion based on what you read and then decide what action you want to take based on that. Makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that direction as well, Matt. Um, thank you so much for that, sir. Um, now, I know when it comes to anxiety, there's different types of anxiety. I, I, I believe there's social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think there's some other sort of social issues that kind of, I don't know, that kind of tap dance around social anxiety. Um, but I was, I was, I was, I was wondering if, you know, psychedelics can help address someone having social issues. Um, um, I heard you mention connection, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you can connect with someone living or past, um, you know, at a, at a spiritual level. Um, so I, I can't help but think, you know, after you, you know, finish in that session, there's some degree of reflection, right? And in that reflection, it could help enhance um, some, one social life or whatever social hangups they have you know, um, you know, in the world. I love this question. And let's, let's, let's break this down into some pieces. So what sure. I like to think of, I, I don't love this notion of disorders, that something's wrong with you, that you're broken anyway. I don't like that. I don't like that language. I don't like that philosophy. It just doesn't feel right. I get the practical use of it, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to insurance companies, but I don't like it at a human level. So when we think about anxiety, we're, think, we're talking about symptoms that are, can be inward or outward. They were talking about how, how you feel in the presence of the sound or of these people or of this environment. Yeah. Potentially, it's how you're behaving is a manifestation of how you're feeling. So I, I'm not going to be able to make eye contact or shake your hand or take off the, the headphones or a number of different behaviors. Mm -hmm. Again, no bad. This is just where you are and what you're feeling. Right. The psychedelics for many people, it's like the weight of the world was lifted off your shoulder. Mm -hmm. The things that were causing you to feel uncomfortable in your own skin, mm -hmm. in your environment, and many times are lifted. And even if it's just for the time of the psychedelic experience, 
you can remember what it felt like to not live with that level of anxiety. That's powerful for a lot of people. It's like, oh, I didn't think it was even possible for me to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. now I know it's possible. I've, I, I'm not doing it, but I know it's possible. So now can I get there without the medicine? Mm-hmm. And they can start using the, the feeling that they had that in their heart, in their gut, as mm-hmm. a North Star for activities outside of the psychedelic experience. Um, gotcha. let, me go, let me go one one more extreme extreme example of this. Absolutely. There's some there's some research being done now on autism and psychedelics. And I've talked to two different people in this in this space. One said he's autistic his whole life. He couldn't read faces. It's like I couldn't tell if somebody was happy or sad. I couldn't read anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then LSD was able to unlock his ability to read faces. And I thought wow. that's wildly cool. And then this other gentleman was talking about emotions. He just didn't understand. He was very flat. He didn't display a lot of emotions and couldn't read emotions, didn't understand emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And through psychedelics, he got a deep understanding of emotions and then was able to take that into his everyday life post psychedelic experience. Um, not a lot of other research on, there's not a ton of research on autism and psychedelics. I'm just using two, two case reports. Yes, but yes. um, but it does it 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 makes sense to me when you think about how much of our behavior and how much of our and, and how we interpret data on the outside is is about how we feel and think on the inside and how the psychedelics can can help with that. So does that does that answer your question, Aubrey? Yeah, no, it it, it totally answers it, uh, Matt. Thank you, thank you so much. And um, and and you know, as you were saying that, I ha- I have um two good friends of mine, dear friends of mine who, um, um, they have Asperger's and, um, and, and, and when you say things like talking flat and so forth, I mean, I know exactly uh, where you're coming from. And, um, and I know these are just two, you know, case studies or not case studies, but cases that, that you've shared with us. But I mean, I don't know when you, when you share those and when you explain it, I think about the potential, Right. The potential of 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 enhancing one's life socially, who may you know be autistic or have Asperger's or something like that, you know, um, you know, should further research be pursued? And then um, I guess, and maybe you can share some light on this, Matt. Um, what type of legislation, you know, mm-hmm. to where this could be more commonly practiced in a responsible, guided fashion? Super interesting question. So let's let's break this down into kind of how do people find their way to psychedelics? Okay. Some people, like we talked about earlier, um, are approaching this from a medical model. I have a diagnosis and I want to be cured. Okay, great. And there's beautiful work being done on the medicalization of psychedelics. Uh, the number one example that I can point to is being done by the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Mm-hmm. They've been working for almost 30 years to get uh, re get MDMA re-legalized and they've been working with veterans, specifically veterans, uh, sorry, specifically people with po- treatment resistant post-traumatic stress disorder. So that could mm-hmm. be veterans. It could be first responders. It could be victims of sexual assault. Sure. Um, in their re-legalization, um, just take the walk around the block with me In their re-legalization process, they've done now their phase three, uh, trials okay. and giving veteran these treatment resistant 
post-traumatic stress disorder patients, three treatments of MDMA, 67% no longer qualify as having PTSD. It's that big of a number. So the medicalization model is important. Um, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a path to legalization. We expect MDMA to be legal within the next two years across the mm. country. We expect psilocybin, which has been given breakthrough therapy designation by the FDA to be legal within a year or so after that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The second model is kind of the decriminalization model. And this right. is the groups that are decrim nature is probably the biggest one in our country. And they're out there saying plants shouldn't be illegal, period. Full stop. End of story. If God made and they're in the ground, we should be allowed to have a choice. It's a powerful argument. And city after city from Washington, D.C. to Ann Arbor, Michigan to uh, San Jose, California are saying, yeah, they're right. And they're decriminalizing psychedelics and uh, or some psychedelics and saying, "Okay, we can't make it legal, but we can say it's the lowest priority for law enforcement. Basically saying, leave it alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's happening. And then there's Mm -hmm. a third path that is super interesting. And these are people who believe that their uh, use of psychedelics allows them to have a connection with a higher power, to have a communion with God. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. saying, we should be allowed to practice our religion in a country founded on religious freedom under the what's called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. We should be allowed to practice our religion. And they're, they're building churches. And practicing um, on, on this third branch, um, mm. and I, and there's a, there's an association of practitioners, and there's ethics, and there's all sorts of things happening there as well. So I think all three of these are important for people to understand that they're all happening together. They're all ways to get a uh, to get the medicine out there, and they're each in their own rights are trying to make it as responsible as possible. Um, mm. But and I guess I'll throw one more fact for you, Aubrey. Or yeah. There's, um, again, you talked about stigmas, and a lot of people say, oh, psychedelics are so dangerous. Well, there's a really powerful study by uh, Dr. Nutt out of, uh, I think it was Imperial College. And he was saying, let's forget how drugs are scheduled. Let's just take a bunch of drugs and compare them based on harm to self and harm to others. And at the far left of his chart of the results, on a 76 out of 80 is alcohol great harm to self, great harm to others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tobacco is, I think, in the top five, maybe three. Mm -hmm. At the far right hand of the chart, a six out of 80 are magic mushrooms. So the side, just bringing back to, we can talk about, should, is there a responsible use? Yes. And are there lots of things that we need to think about as we talk about having more people of having access to this? Yes. And let's not forget what we're comp- what what is allowed to run free, and is legal in our country. Good and point. How much more dangerous that is mm-hmm. than what we're talking about in most cases here. Mm. Powerful argument. <laughs> I hope so. I hope yeah. people are hearing this. Whether they choose to do psychedelics themselves, that's okay. And that's not it's not literally for everyone. Right. But they're good. That hopefully people hear. Okay. I know somebody who would benefit from this or, yes. and that might change the way I vote and change the way I think about people who, when they say, Oh, I am using a psychedelic. Well, tell me more what's going on. Right. Right. And, and I think, I don't know, over time organically, um, you know, this is destigmatized and, uh, and, 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 and truly acknowledged as 
um, as an additional means for healing, right? For healing naturally, and uh, and 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 you know, and 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 having the infrastructure for, you know, the the proper guidance of and proper use, and and then of course to your point, as you mentioned earlier, Matt, you know. Um, someone going that extra mile after, you know, a short period and say, well, you know what, if I see the light using this, how, how much further can I go, you know, not using it on my own, you know, Mm -hmm. and having that mindset. And, and, and so therein lies the inspiration I've, I feel, um, yeah, this is tremendous insight, Matt. Um, man, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing this information. How can the listeners pick up a copy of your book and learn more about uh, the science of, you know, the, the science of um, uh, ketamine therapy and uh, how the neurons and neurotransmitters work sure. and, and just, yeah, and just, just all, all, all the great stuff that, that you're doing um, in this field. Aubrey, and I appreciate all of that. Um, my book, uh, Psychedelics for Everyone, is available everywhere books are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an audio version um, of the book that's a lot of fun where uh, Dr. Carlos Warder, who's been working with this type of medicine, he's an MD, PhD, who's been working with psychedelics for 50 years, five decades. Wow. wow. Um, he does this beautiful introduction on the human promise. That is a, that's, it's fascinating. Um, and then I read a bunch of the pieces I wrote, and then I have a, a woman narrator read all the pieces that, that women wrote, and it's, uh, it's fun. So that's the audiobook. Mm-hmm. I have a website. It's mattzeman.com. There's some fun videos on different types of psychedelics, and uh, there's a free guide to microdosing for people who are interested in exploring that. Um, and then I'm, on, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Instagram, and I'm here to serve. So if someone's listening to this podcast, their 30 minutes of their life has been devoted to, to listening to me and Aubrey talk about this. Feel free to send me a question, reach out. I'm here to serve. I'm here to answer questions and uh, I'm accessible. Beautiful. We greatly appreciate that, Matt. And listeners, you heard it here from Matt himself, okay? Um, any of this that resonates with you uh, or someone you know who may be going through anxiety, uh, PTSD, um, maybe some social issues, depression, um, you know, anywhere across the board, reach out to Matt. Okay, we're going to have links to Matt's website, uh, links to access his book, links to uh, other things, you know, that, that, that he just mentioned and, and, you know, like microdosing and so forth. We're going to have those links in the episode show notes so you can access that information while listening to this wonderful conversation. Matt, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. I really, really greatly appreciate it. And I hope we do stay in touch, sir. I appreciate it too. I pre- you, you do good work in bringing this this question to your community and this topic is awesome. So thank you for having me on choosing this topic. Oh, absolutely, sir. We appreciate it as well. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one, a colleague, a coworker, a friend who just doesn't seem to be themselves, uh, just going through dark days, um, really not quite sure where to turn or who to turn to, I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the Roads Rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And two, there's always hope. The Roads Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. 
We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have.